0: Today, the Supreme Court hears oral arguments about Biden's vaccine mandate. How will it end? We don't know, but we've got all that and more coming up today, and it all starts right now. Hey, happy Friday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and uh, I am joined today by a good friend, my good friend, John Doyle, it's political so commentator.
1: True. Thank you for having me back. It is indeed a happy Friday. I can feel the happiness yeah. radiating throughout the table. Yeah, Everyone is very you? relaxed and happy, and so I'm, I'm excited for this. Thank I really you.
0: Am, me yeah. too. I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be right now. But I would also like to say on his maiden voyage on the show, we have uh, Aldo uh Buttazzoni. Great. Did I that do was, it?
2: It was, yeah, pretty good. Pretty Buttazzoni. Glad but to be here, happy to be here. Men's rights activist, by yes. the way. Yes, yes.
0: But can I, can I, do I need to say it with like an Italian flair?
2: You have to do it with the wrist. Yeah, that's what Everything I feel Everything like. you have to say with Italian with the
0: Was that good? That was really good. Okay, all right, thanks. I'll take it. I'll still work on it. It felt a little bit weak. Uh, all right, so let me, <laughs> let's get into this, uh, this top story that we have, which is the Supreme Court is in the middle, actually, I believe, as of the time of this taping, hearing arguments uh, about the case challenging Biden's federal vaccine mandate for COVID-19. Of course, this is the mandate that he uh, had OSHA implement that includes companies with 100 or more employees. Uh, the Daily Wire is uh, notably the first one who actually sued the Biden administration on this. Their lawyers are arguing this today. Um, and it's been interesting. Uh, like I said, this is, they're in the middle of it, so um, I can't really give like a full analysis of what all of the justices have said, but some interesting moments that I've been reading about, um, one of which was uh, one of the justices who... I believe this was Chief Roberts, of course, John Roberts, who said something along the lines of, um, we do know that vaccines uh, prevent the spread of diseases.
1: Do we know that, Sarah? Do we know that? It's a
0: great question, John Doyle, and because I had my, that same question when I read that. I, oh, Do we?
1: Yeah, and it's so important. Whenever they talk about, you know, terms of of collectivism, like we or our democracy, it's very important to hear that correctly. They're not saying our democracy or we in the sense of the collective, but rather the possessive. So when they say our democracy, it's really the same language that you would hear with, you know, the Democratic People's Republic of North Korea or, you know, the People's Party of China or whatever it's called. It's not about, like, the people. It's about we. This is our regime and we have power. And what's most interesting to me with the vaccine mandate isn't so much, you know what it does because we know it's not effective i mean literally does not prevent transmission doesn't even prevent the disease the disease isn't even real frankly and so we know all of that so then the question becomes like why would they want everybody to get this vaccine and i think the most pragmatic explanation that's also the most interesting to me without getting into you know the more conspiratorial stuff would be that as a regime like this loses touch with reality and it's governed by people who know so much information that is not true, to call back the old Reagan quote, it's like they start to lose grasp over the American people over time. And so in order to feel more secure in the power that they have, they have to wield forms of soft power. These would be things like rituals, mass rituals of participation, getting everyone to do something that maybe isn't even you know going to work, but as long as they're doing it, it's a pledge of allegiance to the regime. It lets the regime know that they can still wield propaganda and it still influences and compels the masses. This is like what Michael Knowles was saying when you know this was all having you know wear the donut on your head it's like something that doesn't mm-hmm. even do anything mm-hmm. with the masks too but it's a sign of submission to the regime and that's why it's so important they do the same thing too with infiltrating all of you know media or even entertainment uh, in terms of like the NFL with like pride flags or Black Lives Matter. It's to remind the masses that this is what we're doing it is going to be in every aspect of your life and you are not going to be able to escape from it because this is what we're doing this is the page we're all on and you literally cannot escape it.
0: I do think there there is another uh Um, facet of when and why they do that though, John. um, I wanna get both of your opinions on this. By the way, let me give you the exact quote. We know that the best way to prevent spread is for people to get vaccinated.
2: Well, I think what what John said said is is totally right. I mean, do we know that, uh, do we actually know that these vaccines work? I mean, let's talk about what we really do know, healthy living, healthy diets, working out, that prevents diseases, that prevents getting sick. Are we mandating gym memberships? And I think the most important thing to do is follow the money. I mean, they're mandating these, and where is the profits going? Um, if you're going to mandate, you know, these vaccines and the billions of dollars that are going to the the pharmaceutical companies, um, would it not be fair to, you know, rein- have that money reinvested into, you know, public, you know, public works? Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's important to follow that money. You know, Pfizer CEO is named businessman of the year. You know, that's, I think, very shady, very weird that, uh, that. that going on.
0: Well, I mean, there is somewhat of a public-private partnership going on, uh, specifically with the government who continues to keep buying up all of these vaccines from the pharmaceutical companies, not just the vaccines, but also the antiviral pills. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, wow, what a great business to be in right now to have all of these, the government, just continue using taxpayer money. Um, But I I do want to, I want to, let me throw this one at you, John. Please. I agree with what you said. but do you think another, like, a certain part of it, too, is that... Because I, I see this repeated in media a lot. It's just, like, experts say. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say something that, like, they don't have the studies to back up. They just say experts say. It felt a lot like Justice Roberts was saying, like, basically that. Well, we know that the best way to prevent spread is for people to get vaccinated. It's another, like, experts say. So you don't question it. We right. don't have to give you any of the studies. It's not even that, like, you, you will... Uh, this will be your life. It's just, like... Well, you don't need to you don't need to question it because I just said we know it already,
1: right? And, and that's really the brilliant sleight of hand with this sort of like post enlightenment uh, system of governments that we governance that we have because you know you used to have the authority be like the priest or the mm-hmm. church and you couldn't exactly prove that everything in the Bible was true. It was just sort of like deferring to that. So then you know when the Enlightenment happened and everything, the immaterial was transformed into the material. So now we have science and we have experts. But if, if you look, it's like the same thing. It's like you can't question it the same way that you couldn't question it before. You can't prove it if you try like the the actual science and data will be censored and it's like it kind of calls back to that old Gandhi quote that like you know people who think that there's not a tie between religion and politics understand neither it's like this is a new form of religion which isn't exactly a new take but it is true nonetheless it's like what they're doing right now whether it's the rituals they have their Saints and their martyrs they have the whole story and the whole narrative set up it's like literally people pledging allegiance not to God but to the state and it's a very disturbing trend it's like uh, what C.S. Lewis used to say you know we have a God-sized hole uh, in this country and it's being filled with all these per- Aggressive narratives.
0: Yeah, um, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence when I'm reading things like, uh, you know, Justice Kagan talking about uh, vaccinated people not spreading COVID. Justice Roberts saying the same thing. It's like, guys, your own. Let's just say for a second that we did trust the government data. Your own CDC director has already said multiple times that this vaccine does not prevent the spread, the transmission, um, which really, really undermines the idea that we should have a vaccine mandate, right? Like that, that, that if you're taking away the constitution, pretend like it's, it's constitutional, maybe, I don't know, we'll see, right? right? It's still on its face, a vaccine mandate for something when the vaccine does not prevent the spread, which is has already been confirmed by the CDC director, but how would that even be reasonable?
2: I mean, I, you saw the same kind of thing with the, uh, I think it was the emergency authorization uh, mm-hmm. booster shots uh, for youths under 15 years old. Um, and forgive me, I can't remember who uh, or what member of the Biden administration it was, but someone asked, you know, why was this um, authorized, you know, emergent, emergency authorized? Right. And she just claimed, well, it's unprecedented times. What does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Or the CDC saying, let's cut the incubation time from 10 days to five because of unprecedented times or because society you know, can't handle the full 10 days and society might shut down. Well, where that doesn't
0: were, sound very science-y.
2: Where were, you, where were you in the first year of the pandemic when we had hundreds and thousands of you know, businesses being closed? You know, there wasn't that um, unprecedented times quote then. So what, what the heck is
1: going on? Yeah. And to his point earlier, there is really something unsettling and, and almost definitely unnatural about this, like, you know, put chemicals in your body, put pills in your body, that's gonna make you healthy. And it's like, people have survived for thousands of years without that. Like, you never heard anybody claim, hey, you know, if you wanna do that, that's fine, but let's also maybe promote that people should go outside more, get more vitamin D, they should be lifting weights, they should be eating, you know, organic foods, particularly like red meats and butter and salt. We have a philosophy in our household. You simply over consume that which the regime tells you not to eat, and look <laughs> at us—we're radiating. <laughs> There's a reason. I would that they're just like to
0: <laughs> they are roommates. If you didn't gather that by no. what John just said. What else would we? What? Well, I'm—I'm I'm just trying to help clarify for you, John. No, it's—it's
2: it's butter and red meat every night of the week at
0: our house. I mean, to, okay, so now you've brought up the government's uh, idea of health and the food pyramid, which I would just like to trash. If if we can the food oh, pyramid I mean, it's our can show you be- can, can you believe <laughs> can you believe that we still have the food pyramid that we're teaching yeah, to children? They tried to
1: convince people that eating what is it six to eleven servings of bread every yeah, day is healthy. Yes, and then in the last thirty years, you look Processed at like every bread. state has now like by majority overweight or obese. Yep. Like this is a very recent thing, and it's so disgusting. And I feel so badly for like the baby boomer generation, who I love by the way. No one loves boomers more than me. But I will say <laughs> that you know I have these conversations with my mom, like and, that's true. and I'm like you know. You know, hey mom, you know we need uh, more red meat, more butter, and everything, and she's like, "Oh, but cholesterol." And I'm like, "Mom, that science <laughs> is junk. No more cholesterol, mom."
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Um, okay, so let me. While we're on this subject, uh, the the Food and Drug Administration, you, I. I'm sure you guys saw this a while back. Uh, They had asked for what, what was it like 75 years to release their COVID-19 vaccine data. Um, And a federal judge yesterday just ordered the FDA uh, that they would need to share all of the information this year as opposed to in 75 years which I feel like is a, is a pretty big win.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, nothing is, says trust us more than uh, let's <laughs> keep the data hidden for 75 years, yeah. right. Right. right?
0: It's right, so that most of the people that are alive right now as adults who have taken this drug will not be alive anymore. Uh, Maybe not from the vaccine. Uh,
1: but. Uh, they can say five years and those people aren't going to be around. <laughs> That's a joke. That is a joke. It's called we do a little trolling.
0: Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, obviously, they're going to fight it. But uh, let's see, P- Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency had launched this Freedom of Information Act uh, against the FDA. And it's the, the all of the documents uh, pertain to the agency's approval process for the Pfizer COVID vaccine. So it's that specific vaccine, and it is 450,000 pages of material um, that was used. Well, that, that they say was used in the licensing approval process. I have a hard time believing that anyone combed through 450,000 of those pages. Um, I have a really hard time believing that. But, uh, but they blamed staffing issues for the reason why they couldn't release all of the data. Uh, and a federal judge said, no, you need to, uh, you need to release it all. Uh, 55,000 pages every 30 days so that you have to release all of the data um, by the end of the summer, which is great, instead of uh, 2097.
1: Yeah, I think that that is, is kind of like the same thing that they do with all of these different pieces of legislation, whether it's le- uh, legislation or data. They just try to like throw so much of it at you that you like won't even read and see all the like, yeah. little things they hide in there. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost the uh, the horseshoe theory of practical intelligence, which is a dissertation that I would have published had I not dropped out of college. And it's like, there seems to be a great uh, unification between those of like below average intelligence and those of above average intelligence. And it's those people in the middle, those average intelligence, the midwits, they're the real problem because the people who are stupid would see something like that and be like, government's lying to us, I'm not reading all that. And then the people who are really smart would be like, they do this to obfuscate the narrative. And then the people in the right. middle are like, no, you have to trust the science, the experts, because the people in the middle are insecure because they're smart enough to realize that they're smarter than some people, but also that other people are smarter than them. And so their definition of what intelligent people would do is to just listen to the experts. And that's why it's all these very unexceptional people in the middle who just have to pledge allegiance to whatever the experts say because they're insecure. And that is fundamentally what leftism is. By the way, I will say it is the mass mobilization of the spiritually ill, many of whom are deeply insecure, which is why they reject hierarchy. It's true. You know, I've been studying a lot of communist history throughout the last two years. And I always kind of look back at old like Soviet propaganda of, you know, these like very like burly Russian guys, and I was like, oh, it's just now that everyone's like dysgenic and insecure and effeminate. It's not true. If you read like, you know, um, whether it's the account of like the Spanish Civil War with the uh, the nationalists versus the this communists, and it's like communists have always been like just disgusting, miserable people. Like this never has changed throughout history, and I think that's very funny because the leftist view of history is always like, you know, just oppression. Handmaid's Tale until about the 1960s and then there was like racism and everything and then like only in the last 30 years Did we have like equality and progressivism and then there was like Nazism 2.0 under Trump And now we have progressivism again, but it's like if you actually study history It's very cyclical everything repeats. Uh, What does it say? And I think uh, Ephesians or something that like, you know, nothing will happen uh, Originally or uh, um, like not being repeated under the Sun or something like it's all happened again And it's all happening again now yeah. So yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, to to John's point, Aldo. Um you mentioned that you've got to pledge allegiance, even though it doesn't, it may not make sense. It doesn't line up. It doesn't matter. um, They can't be logical. I mean, I've, I've seen it myself firsthand. I see it all the time. And I will literally, sometimes I will screenshot something directly from like the Pfizer uh, pamphlet that is included in, in the actual vaccine, the vaccine insert. Or uh, I will say something like um, what Justice Kagan just said is false. I said, demonstrably false. And people are like, oh, like we should listen to you, what a social media, a person on social media with a, you know, uh, what, you're on Blaze TV. We can't trust you. And it's like, Bro, like this information is right here. It's literally right here in writing and you're still telling me that I'm lying.
2: Well, you're talking about those people in the middle of the horseshoe. Again, like John was saying. So we have to listen to the people on the other end that are, you know, I don't want that microchip in my arm. And then the other people on the (laughs) other end that are saying, you know, the data doesn't just, you know, just doesn't add up. But uh, what I think we lose in this conversation is at the end of the day, this is an attack on individual liberties and the right to choose what we put into our bodies. Um, you know, if if you think it works and you want to get it, go ahead and do that. But uh, yeah. you know, we shouldn't be arguing back and forth about you know what what we're able to do for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, bodily autonomy should be a pretty like understood thing in the yeah. United States. You would think. Yeah. Like if you do, like like point being, if you don't have bodily autonomy, what do you really have? Like what freedom, what liberty do you really have if you don't have bodily autonomy?
2: Yeah, you know, and they they got they got every, all the progressives in, in one year to like you know, be all against the big corporations and big pharma. You know, yeah. in one year they used, you know, fear and uh, you yeah. know, mass mobilization to to have all those same people that were questioning the big corporations that are now hailing their products and that are, you know, wanting the mandates and mm-hmm praising the Pfizer CEO for being businessman of the year, raking in billions. It's like, where did did that switch happen? How did they get that switch to happen?
1: And and this is like the nature of the masses. Like they literally do not have agency, which I know I've said on this show before, Mm -hmm. is the biggest mistake that we've made in terms of like thinking about how people think. Like not everybody has the capacity to, or the inclination to like be an individual or like a free thinker or something. They will follow the narratives, which is why I've given up trying to like reason with these people, and now my favorite thing to say to them is just like, You wore your double mask, (laughs) you got your shot, you got your boosters, and nothing's changed. Right. Do you feel stupid? No, you don't. Why? because you're really stupid. <laughs> and
2: then you don't, you're f- so
0: stupid, you don't have the ability to feel exactly. stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I saw this meme the other day. I think Elon Musk tweeted it out, but it describes where we're at perfectly. Like all, Some double-masked person looking at an unvaccinated, like, why isn't he dead yet? And yeah. then the, the the unvaccinated guys looking at the vaccinated people, like, why aren't they dead yet? Oh, that's we're funny. just like, well, what's going on, okay? Like, yeah. Choose what you want to do and just live your life. Right. Calm down, everyone.
0: Right, right. Uh, all right, we've got more to come, but uh, we've got to take a break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bonner wine. So uh, you know what? You, if you're a wine drinker like me, you have no idea probably if you are getting traditional bottled wine. um, You don't realize that when you're buying that from the store, you've got this oak flavoring that's actually purple dye and a bunch of different sugar. There's a bunch of gross chemicals that are included in all of this wine that you're buying from the grocery store that you think is just like the grapes and they're fermenting and like that's all you're getting. That's not actually all you're getting. But from Bonner, you can get I like to say, we talked about health earlier, the healthiest wine, okay, you will ever have in your life. It is from Bonner. Uh, it is from the single isolated corridor known as the world's most remote wine valley. Um, they make a bunch of these in the, uh, the mountains of Argentina. These are really, really amazing wines. So the flavor is going to be there. You're going to get it at a really, really great price. But most importantly to me, Personally, uh, you're gonna have less sugar, you don't have any uh, artificial dyes, you don't have the chemicals. You are going to lose all of those when you get your wine from Bonner. So you are getting the cleanest wine out there, all right? You gotta go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash why. They're offering 50% off right now. Go over there, do not sleep on this deal. It is bonnerprivatewines.com slash why. So Ted Cruz is in some hot water about his comments about January 6th. He said these January, what, the day before, yesterday, uh, about the January 6th anniversary, which we all know was very solemn, very momentous. They had a candlelight vigil outside the steps, and there were people that were singing God Bless America, which is nice that the left now uh, accepts God. I hope that that continues. But uh, let's listen to, just as a refresher, let's listen to Ted Cruz talking about January 6th and describing it as a violent terrorist attack. Watch. Solemn anniversary this week. uh, And it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives Uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this capital. We are grateful for that courage. We appreciate uh, the selfless sacrifice uh, of the men and women who, who keep us safe. Yeah, that didn't go over well, uh, as you can imagine. And Ted Cruz, Tucker Carlson had some words for Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz uh, was like, hey, Tucker, I'd love to come on your show and discuss this because I think I was misunderstood. And I want to I get your thoughts on this, gentlemen, but I want to play this exchange. I think it's great. Uh, I want to play this exchange between Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz. Watch.
1: You called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose, and I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having
0: me on when you aired your episode last night. I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because uh, the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy
1: and, and it was frankly dumb. And I don't and buy that. Result, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, whoa, whoa. I don't buy that. For- Look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word, you repeated that phrase. I do not believe that you used that accidentally. I just don't.
0: Now the question becomes... Do you guys believe that he was just sloppy with his words?
1: No, not at all. I think that uh, this sort of romanticization of like Ted Cruz has been a mistake from basically day one. I mean, this guy is like a product of the GOP establishment. I don't care how many times we see viral clips of him on Facebook.com, really really sticking it to someone in a hearing, asking them a tough question. It's like, but what is the result of that? That is all theatrical. That is all performative. And I will also say there's so much time wasted on the right. Like, oh, this guy is not good on all the issues. This guy is not good. I really am not so concerned about whether somebody's like 100% where I am or where we are on the issues, I'm concerned about their character and their ability to lead, to command influence and power, and right now, there is nobody on the right in this country who is more powerful and better than Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. Who else can summon senior senators from his own party? Yeah, you will come on my show, and I will embarrass you because you were wrong (laughs) on this issue. That is something that no one else can do. There is a reason that I have a framed photo of Tucker Carlson in my house. like one of the first things you see when you walk in, because this is the guy who is going to be the future of the GOP. He is so right on all of the issues, and he can make everybody else basically bend to his will, and I have complete and total confidence in him. So I just think that that's important to know.
0: Yeah, it, it is pretty funny. Like, a, as you said, a senior senator, is texting Tucker Carlson. Please, please, please let me come on and explain myself. Please, please don't do this to me.
2: No, I love, I love that Ted Cruz did this. You know, the more rhino, rhinos expose themselves, I think the better the uh, the GOP can actually make a trajectory towards accomplishing things. But like John said, you know, this guy has been disingenuous for. Forever, lying Ted even even when he (laughs) says things that are true you know like you know Democrats are destroying the country or you know they're coming for our Second Amendment rights I'm like this guy seems like he's lying like nothing that he says seems genuine Um, and I I think that we're vindicated on the Ted Cruz question do you guys
0: do you think that he's going to run again he
1: probably will I I would imagine he's maneuvering towards something I'm sorry for president I should have been specific Um, but even then it's like we really have to resist falling into that trap of you know tech and it's such effective marketing too which is why they do it every time you know every time George Bush's approval rating would dip Karl Rove would have him do a press conference where he would talk about why terrorists are bad it's like the same thing now and every time these people are exposed for being unpopular and for being self-interested as opposed to serving the people whom they swore an oath to protect along with their rights and it's like they, they fix that by you know doing one of these viral epic rant moments and I'm going to tell AOC that she's a socialist and then you know you, all their voters are like hell yeah brother and it's like no there has to be something more than that I cannot think of anything that Ted Cruz has done, to where I'd be like, you know what? This is our guy. It's always, you know, when I get into these conversations with my dad, who's a great guy, well, you need to see what he said Just Said, said, said. But what are they doing? What yeah. are they actually doing? I'll tell you what they're doing. They are making, and this is saying things, but it's also an action, too. I guess there's overlap there. Saying and acknowledging that the narrative that the left has, which is going to be used to weaponize post-9-11 legal infrastructure against American patriots, against his voters, acknowledging that that narrative is legitimate by putting on that little, a sad day of terrorist attack blah 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 and it's like something that's not often acknowledged enough is that you know whether they did the right thing or the wrong thing what they were doing, I don't think they even knew was incorrect. And that's something that, you know, when you're, he should know this too. As a lawyer, when you're trying to prosecute and convict, you have to prove, like, intent. Like, did they know that what they were doing was wrong? I don't think that these people knew that because they had just come off an entire summer of watching almost virtually every major city mm. in the country be torched by Black Lives Matter and by Antifa. And so for them to go and break a couple windows, I literally do not think that they knew that what that was was, like, incorrect or something because the example had been set such that that was just something they could do with impunity because what they thought, perhaps naive, was that the state wasn't going to selectively enforce its laws, which they learned it was, because now we have like the largest federal investigation in history. You have over 700 indictments of these people who were just trying to do what the left and the media said that they could totally do. You know, silence is violence. You know, protests and v- riots are the voices of the unheard, or like mm-hmm. whatever the quote is. And so it's all very, uh, very nefarious and hypocritical.
0: Well, they also are seeing uh, Aldo the the police. I mean, I saw a video of a bunch of police. They were like in a tunnel and they just started beating the. Crap out of some woman um, who was there, who was wearing a Trump hat. She wasn't. She wasn't aggressive. She didn't. Did you guys see this? I didn't see that. It Released. But- I mean, it's like. Oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay, I guess this is what we're doing because, I mean, the, the police were beating the crap out of people. And, you know, let's let's
2: take what Ted Cruz says at face value and it, maybe it was a terrorist attack. You know, let, let's take that at face value. If it was a terrorist attack, would we not want all the footage to be, to be released or would we not want that investigated? I mean, we know that Ray Epps, a member of the FBI, was a co-conspirator to that so-called terrorist attack. But I haven't heard any senators or any congressmen, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene and... Uh, was Matt Getz are the only people that are bringing that up, but Ted Cruz, where are you talking about the FBI's involvement in this so-called terrorist attack? You know, we know that the FBI was also involved in the, uh, the terrorist attack to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer from our home state, mm-hmm. no more talk on that. Um, you know, and as Darren Beatty said once, I think, what does the FBI do and the national security apparatus do but conspire against the American people. I mean, let's get to the bottom of that question if it really was a terrorist attack. Elijah Schaefer
1: had one of the greatest tweets of all time. And I mean, I've been on Twitter ever since it was important. You know, I've seen all the Trumps, I've seen it all. And Elijah Schaefer tweeted it, I think he deleted it, but it was so funny. He said something to the effect of like, the FBI should arrest itself for
0: January 6th. It
1: was so good. That's like literally what they do. They exist to just entrap people into doing it, whether it's like what we saw in Michigan where, and that again, the Democrats will never waste a good crime. Which is actually yeah. a good thing. We it's, should. We it's smart of them. Yeah. Yeah. So Gretchen Whitmer was tanking in approval ratings because she was being a tyrant, and the worst part too is, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. Um, when women are in positions of power because they have been like programmed biologically to only be able to basically have authority over children and speak to children, they always develop this very like passive aggressive sort of like talking to you like you're a kindergartner. 100%. i have never seen this with you. I've never seen this with you. Kam- Not one time.
0: Kamala Harris.
1: Kamala Harris. Does Gretchen Whitmer. Hillary Clinton. And that's yep. what it is. It's always yep. like this. I'm speaking now. And yeah. it's like Gretchen Whitmer was doing that and so her approval ratings were tanking. And so then, you know, her comms director, I'm sure, or her chief of staff got this story across her desk like, hey, there were some people just bullshitting in a group chat about like, oh, what if we couldn't have the governor? And then she decided, she made a choice to blow that up into this big thing so that she could victimize herself. And I'm trying to protect the people of Michigan and look what they're doing. And again, that was FBI people trying to start stuff, trying to start, and then someone was like, yeah, I guess that'd be funny. And they're like, gotcha. And then it was like this huge thing and people thought it was like a legitimate conspiracy, but it's not.
0: Yeah, Uh, all right, we've got more to come, but uh, we've got to take a break. First, we wanna thank our sponsor Headspace. So uh, if you feel like your mind just doesn't have an off switch, You know, you just you try to go to sleep, but you're not tired because you can't stop thinking about everything that you have going on in your life. Um, Look, that's just a few of the many ways stress and anxiety and sleeplessness can harm your mind and your body. This year, you can make small changes to your daily routine that will have a big influence on your mental health and well-being. You can do that this year with Headspace. We all say we're fine when we don't really mean it. Fine really isn't an emotion. Okay, How many times have you told yourself you're fine when you really are feeling anger or sadness or you're just nervous about something? Headspace is actually scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. Uh, In fact, in a recent study, it proved in just two weeks Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. That's just in two weeks, guys. Whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, or improve your focus, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life so however you're feeling make it your new year's resolution to try headspace i am because i'm feeling very stressed specifically today and i'm already like i know what i'm doing after this show i'm going to headspace.com slash news you can get one month free of their entire mindfulness library this is the bed best headspace offer available so do not sleep on this go to headspace.com slash news today that is headspace.com slash news in case you think it's crazy here in the united states when it comes to uh the persecution of the unvaccinated population take a look at what's going on in australia i know we we all have we share some common friends who are from Australia, have family in Australia. Uh, I know it, it hits very close to home for them, but uh, Australia's Northern Territory Chief Minister, Michael Gunner, just announced that unvaccinated people may not go to work or exercise outdoors over the next four days. Uh, let's, let's listen to a little bit of his public announcement watch.
3: The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. You are at greater risk of catching COVID, becoming ill and needing hospital care. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications to provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometres from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons or the nearest practical destination. If you need to go to the hospital and it's more than 30 kilometres from your home, that's okay. The only three reasons, there, sorry, there are only three reasons to leave the home now, not five. Work is not a reason to leave the home for the unvaccinated the chief health officer has also determined that restriction of movement is critical right now and that one hour of exercise for the next four days is not essential. Remember, these restrictions only apply to those who are not fully vaccinated.
0: Wow, uh, that's a little um, unsettling.
2: I mean, there's so many things to unpack here. Um, I mean, firstly, though, I gotta at least hand it to him for being honest about their content for the unvaccinated, but it is extremely evil. Um, You know, you're not just seeing this in Australia, though, you see this in um, New Zealand. You know, I think the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern Mm -hmm. a few months back uh, said out loud that she's trying to make the unvaccinated second-class citizens. But you know, kind of
0: like a laugh about it too, oh, right? I mean, she's, she, I, is she a sociopath? I feel like she's kind of like a totally. sociopath. like when yeah. your
1: kindergartners don't stop talking and then you take away their goldfish and you're like, come <laughs> yeah. on, you should have listened to me. It's like, mm, women in politics. Just, but Emmanuel Macron in France, you know, you.
2: he said the same thing. You know,
1: he said, I think just last week, that yeah. he's
2: Another trying woman to in piss off the unvaccinated <laughs> as much as possible, make it hard for them to live their lives. Um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I,
0: okay. And so tell me again, I, we mentioned off-air the tennis player whose name I'm not going to try to say. I
2: think it's Do- Dojovic. Um, yeah. Jo- Djokovic. Djokovic? Is, I'm
0: telling and uh, they're telling me in my ear. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. That one tennis player. Wh- okay. What's going on with him? He
2: was trying to to re-enter the country I think last week to, to go back to visit family or whatever. In Australia? Just, yeah. Just re-enter yeah. his home country. Um, and he was barred from re-entry for, for not being vaccinated. Um, I think he claimed that rules are rules. Uh, and that he won't be able to return home. It's, it's evil stuff. Oh,
1: golly. John. I really, I've gotten a lot of emails from Aussies, and uh Ever since I met like Sydney and Kez, you know, I'm a big fan of Australia and then even like the history. Like if you look at like who objectively speaking is America's greatest ally, if not Great Britain, it would be like Australia. Like I'm a big fan of Australia. Yeah. But one thing I will say that has been central to our founding and culture, that was not necessarily central to their founding and culture is two very important artifacts Bibles and rifles. A lot of people kinda of have this attitude because they're very comfortable living in this sort of like post moral state of like, oh you know, just don't enforce your values on me. It's like, well no, I will actually, because <laughs> <laughs> You're not above God. Look at what happens if you don't have God-given rights built into a country's constitution. You have people who don't believe in God, they don't believe that there's something that happens after they die, and so they cling to life because they fear death. And so if the state comes and says, oh, this thing's gonna kill you, they freak out because they're afraid to die. And because they have no greater purpose in their life than to pledge allegiance to the state, anything the state says is going to be taken as gospel, as opposed to you know what the, the literal gospel used to be when propagated by the state, also, your second amendment. They don't have that in Australia. They don't have the rifles. And honestly, even in this country, we have the rifles, but look at what's happening in this country uh, when you have a second amendment and you have God-given rights, but the people don't know God anymore. It's like, it doesn't do anything. We have the greatest tyranny, and this is not a call to violence, so if you interpret it as such, you're being dishonest, but it's like you have the greatest tyranny in the history of our country over the last two years, and you have like 100 million gun owners and 400 million guns, and nobody did anything about it. So it's not enough to just sort of like, you know, fantasize about this, Moment of mass awakening where everyone fights off the government because that's just not what's going to happen. It has to be this disciplined, focused march through the institutions to take our country back the same way that they did it to us throughout the last hundred years. And it's not enough to always jump to this like, extreme point of, oh, we're gonna fight off the government. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, if anything could prove that, it would be the last two years.
2: Yeah. But like you said earlier too, I mean, the underlying implication is that these vaccines don't work, that the masks don't work. Um, And this whole conversation about herd immunity where did that go? I mean, I think in Australia, it's upwards of 90% of the population is vaccinated. Um, which
0: tends to happen when you don't let people work unless they- Right, get that, that, is,
2: that is something that happens, but- That's how they but, get uh, you. That is how they get, yeah. But at the beginning of the pandemic or whatever, pandemic, you know, they claim that let's just get us to 90% and then we'll be safe. You know, where did that
0: go? Actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, they said, just stay home for two weeks to slow the spread so that we don't overwhelm the hospitals. <laughs> I saw it's hard a tweet to recently too, yeah. and it's like
1: these people, literally do not have agency everything is memory hold I saw a tweet like two days ago from somebody just like if y'all would have just stayed home for three weeks during the and then none of this would have happened. it's like we did we literally did even I did I oh you should have seen me at the did BP. you really oh well no be well here's the thing my <laughs> life as a right-wing e-boy was like comically unimpacted by this because it's like I work from home anyway yeah, so the only yeah, difference yeah. was like okay I'm going through the drive-thru to get coffee instead of going in <laughs> yeah. but I was like because at first it was a right-wing position to be skeptical of COVID remember yeah and uh, because we thought like it was a Chinese bioweapon. And so, oh, I was I was all on board with it. I had the gloves and then I was, you know, washing my hands. I was being very careful. I know.
0: Did I, you did you, did you you sanitize your groceries?
1: No. Um, Remember when they taught us how to wash our hands again?
0: And yeah. this, they were like yes. scrub
1: all the way yeah. up. And, and I am and... not proud of this, but this was one of only two misses I've ever had in my entire career being involved wow. in politics. I bought into the COVID stuff. This
0: is fascinating. It I is. didn't know this.
1: And, you know, it takes a very strong man to admit when he's wrong, I will say. And I was wrong on COVID. I bought into it, but not for very long okay. i realized once everything started coming out we saw the data i was like oh this is like not actually a real thing and then it flipped then it became a left-wing position to you know subscribe to the science of what the experts are saying because originally they thought that trump was trying to manufacture a crisis to stay in office and so frankly part of the reason i was buying into it is because i was like that'd be sick <laughs> so i was like yeah king trump i'm here for it but then once it flipped you know the left they realized that they could make it into this like you know um a great reset economic program, which I think we're going to talk about in a second. And then, you know, everyone started to become skeptical of it. And the left was like, well, you're actually not a good person if you don't believe what the experts are saying.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Let's 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 go ahead and say we will get into the economy, but let's go ahead and and um, take a quick break. Want to thank our sponsor, Bambi. So when running a business, H.R. issues can kill you wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements. Labor regulations and HR manager salaries aren't cheap—an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month, month to month, no hidden fees, cancel anytime. you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash matters right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash matters, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash matters. <music> The U.S. economy is, uh, is not doing great, in case you haven't noticed. Maybe you've been living under a rock. The latest, the latest report uh, does not show any better news under President Joe Biden's leadership. Uh, let's see. Total non-farm payroll employment increased by just 199,000 last month. This is, in case you're wondering, you're like, oh, 199,000. That's pretty good. Well, the estimate was 422,000. So... Um, By the way, that was already down from November Um, and uh, the uh, unemployment continued its slow downward trajectory during the month falling to three point nine percent. But, uh, yeah, it seems like every time we have a jobs report come out, anytime we have a report come out on the economy, um, it's not just like a little bit missing the mark. It's missing the mark by very large Margins, as reflected in uh, Joe Biden's approval ratings, I guess.
1: Yeah, one of the things I always do to try to keep myself sane in all of this is I always try to unplug from it and imagine that I'm reading what was written during like a fallen empire and like that sort of late stage propaganda like that you might have seen in the USSR or something. And so I saw something recently where they took a bunch of economic data and they manipulated the visual display of it through like log graphs or through scaling to make it seem like it was much more uh, good, so to speak. than it it actually was. And all the blue check marks were tweeting about it saying, you know, call it the Biden effect. We're building back better. And I was, you know, at first this made me violent, but then I kind (laughs) of took a step back and I was like, no, they're just panicking. This is that late stage propaganda that's like Soviet tier, if that. It's just so dishonest. And everybody knows that it's not true, but it's the same thing as like, you know, don't actually believe what you know. Believe like what the experts are saying. And it's all very just dangerous. Yeah,
2: I'm not really sure exactly what you guys are talking about. Jen Saki and Joe Biden Said the economy is doing great. That's
0: have, true. Have they do not say that been often. Paying attention. Yeah. that's a great point.
2: No, but I, I used to live in a college town, and uh, you know, even even there, where you know, there's fast food places all the time. You can't get fast food past like ten o'clock. You have thousands of drunk college kids begging these businesses to open up, and you can't get food anywhere past ten. And that's insane. You know, two years ago, three years ago. Places will be open till 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. You just can't get the workers in there to, to have the jobs and to, to make. And I, I don't know what it is Do people not want to work. Is the money not there? It's it's pretty confusing, honestly.
1: Also, another important, if I may. Yeah, please. Another point that's so important to consider is that as we've sort of abandoned you know the piety of the society because we always talk about you know America is founded on Christian values and everyone's just kind of like yeah yeah no one actually like understands what that means. But it's like the language of the immaterial good and evil that is so important here because as we've abandoned that we tend to view these things as like oh, they think socialism works so you know they just can't quite get the calculations right and that's why the economy's not working it's like it's not just that it's that they like literally hate you that's why when Jen Psaki does these conferences and she gets up there and she like mocks middle Americans for oh you're not gonna be able to get their treadmill and it's like you know a treadmill is obviously not the most important thing maybe it is given the obesity statistics now but it's like that kind of middle-class thing like you know if I work hard enough I'll be able to afford things that maybe I wouldn't have you know like a treadmill something like that's like what twelve hundred dollars I don't know but it's like things like that it's almost shame shaming middle Americans for wanting access to goods, which, frankly, they should be able to have access to, that aren't necessarily necessities. They're not going to die if they don't have access to a treadmill. Well, maybe they will. But it's like (laughs) things like that, whether it's a treadmill or maybe like, you know, uh, a television or a halfway decent computer, it's like shaming them for wanting to participate in a decent material standard where all of the elites and all the ruling class, they get that standard, but the peasants don't get that standard. If they want it, they're selfish.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's almost like they're programming us to... Have our low expectations. That's true. That is a great reset.
1: That is literally so true, Sarah. Because you look at (laughs) like everything that they're doing, even the Karen meme, right? We're all familiar with the Karen meme, and it's true. We've all worked in retail. We understand that it's true. Think about what that's done though. It has psychologically operated the population into thinking it is wrong to expect a decent standard of customer service. Mm Obviously, you know, we've all seen that one woman who's, you know, let me speak to the manager, given a big problem, but now it's like, even if you're like, hey, my order is, oh, what are you, a Karen? And it's like (laughs) now, they're afraid to speak out.
0: I paid for it.
1: And that's why too, <laughs> you see these videos now of like you know white women who will be in like some public place, and then they'll start being videotaped by like black women or black people, and they start freaking out and they're crying, yeah. and everyone laughs, ha ha, Karen. It's like that's not what it is. It's because this person knows that they're going to go viral, and their mm-hmm. entire life is going to be ruined because of the way that this has been structured.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I love that that actually made you you're passionate, but about the Karen. It's All right, don't forget, uh, I know a lot of you made it your New Year's resolution to uh, leave us a review on the Wherever You Get Your Audio podcast. So make sure that you honor your New Year's resolution by going to, I don't know if it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, go to wherever you get your audio podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. This is so important.
1: I mean, oftentimes the audience forgets that we are existing in these sort of parasocial relationships. I mean, I talk to the same five people every day. I need the pixels to be arranged on the screen such that it simulates human-to-human interaction (laughs) that lets me know that I did a good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, the algorithm is against us as conservatives, so we try to help that. Uh, And every time we get another review, it helps more people be able to find the show. Also, you might see your review read live on air, like the one today from... uh, Oh, a 69 Commando. Hot and, oh gosh. I can't, uh, it just says that they like my hoop earrings and my ears. To, okay. Wearing your hair up is a great look for you.
2: And then he follows it up with uh, May, May Our <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ Bless the Sarah Show. I love that. So the true, duality King. of man. So Duality true. of man.
0: I'll take that. May Our Lord Jesus Christ Bless the Sarah Show. Uh, thank you for your review. Also, don't forget to uh, sign up for Blaze TV. That should be your other New Year's resolution. Uh, you can go to blazetv.com. Use that uh, promo code news to save you some cash.
2: Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.